And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Can you turn to Revelation chapter 20? And I'll read verses 11 to 15. Verse 11 reads, this is John speaking, another vision given to him by the Lord. He said, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, for from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was none found, no place found for them. He's saying there is no place found for the earth and there was no place found for heaven. And he's referring to the three heavens. Amen. He's saying that when the throne appeared and him who sat on the throne the earth disappeared. Heaven disappeared. Amen. Because from his face. Verse 12 tells us. And not only did John see that. He was given another vision. He said. And I saw the dead. Small and great. Stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened. Tell somebody God is taking count. <laughs> Yes, he is. Which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. And should I say it's going to be the resurrected dead. Amen. The resurrected dead. The unbelievers. Amen. This is who. This is talking about the judgment of the unbelievers. Amen. And so we are told here in verse 12. And the dead were judged, the resurrected dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Amen? Verse 14, where we are, verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Everybody who died in the sea drowned. Everybody who died, mm -hmm. was that great ship that sank years ago? Everybody who died on the Titanic who were not believers, they're going to be resurrected right here. Every sailor who died at sea and he or she not a believer, they're going to be resurrected. Somebody's asking how God is somewhere, somehow going to reunite their spirit, which is currently in Hades, with their bodies. Amen. They're going to be given an eternal body for eternal punishment. Since this is a very sobering portion of scripture, whenever I read this scripture, it really breaks my heart. That is why there is so people, that is why I think Jesus is delaying his return because he's going to get so bad at the end. He's giving, he's ensuring that everybody gets an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Thank God for the delay. Can you say thank God for the delay? Because every day that goes by and Jesus delays, it's an opportunity for people to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen. And at the end, brothers and sisters, people are going to say, are going to agree with God that you are right for judging us the way you did. Because as you see, the books were opened. Jesus is taking count. Every secret thing, that every, every secret thing is going to be revealed. All the conniving, all the deals behind doors, all the conspiracy to take advantage of the poor. All, everything is going to be revealed. <laughs> because God is taking note of everything. 
Come on, work with me here, laptop. Wonderful. So, verse 13 again. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in it. So, right now, there are people who did not die in the sea, but died elsewhere. And their spirits are now in, in hell. Hades. Amen. Are you with me? And so the Bible says these, death and hell gave up. And they were judged every man. The word man here means human being. Every human being according to their what? To their works. Verse 14. Uh, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. That's the final place of banishment. We said that. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written, should we say whosoever name, it's not there but we know his name, was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the what? Lake of fire. When we get to the text, dear brothers and sisters, I'm going to show you that it was not God, it was not God's will for anybody's name not to be in the book of life. I'm going to show you here. Whenever and everybody, when they were born, as soon as they were born, their names were written in the book of life. But as they begin to live their life and the choices, the choices they made, they blotted their names out of the book of life. You'll see that people's names were blotted out. It's not God who did that. They and the choices they made. So if you don't want Jesus, it's not his fault. Your name has to be blotted out. Who wants somebody who doesn't want to be with them? Think about it. You give them so many opportunities, so many chances. And every chance, every opportunity they got, they rejected you. Think about that. After a thousand years in a utopian environment, at the first temptation to sin, they turned against Jesus Christ. Think about that. After a thousand years of experiencing the blessings of God. I'm talking about the millennial reign. A thousand years. Goodness and peace and love and joy. And you can see Jesus is he's radiating from Jerusalem. Because his glory is not covered anymore. At the first opportunity to turn against Jesus, the people turned on him. Which reminds me that... Change doesn't take place from the outside. True change takes place from the inside. So it doesn't matter what environment you put somebody in. If the environment from within <laughs> is wicked, they're going to re remain unchanged. However, if they are right, if they are okay, amen, if they are Good people from within. The environment cannot change them. I'm talking about changed people for real. Mm -hmm. Well. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright, let's move on here. And do a little introduction of the text. And as I said, these, these scriptures, they break my heart. You know. Revelation chapter 20 is one of the scripture. I like Revelation 20, 21. A new heaven and a new earth. We're getting ready to go to heaven. It's a blessing. But Revelation 20 is a scripture that always concerns me. Always concerns me. It's talking about the judgment of the unbelievers. Mm -hmm. So 
in Revelation chapter 20 verse 10, we see the devil was cast into the lake of fire. You remember that? He doesn't go to the great white throne. No, 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 no. There is no judgment for the devil. As far as God is concerned, the devil has been judged already. He cannot change. The devil cannot change, brothers and sisters. And you read this here and... If you sit back and begin to evaluate and, and, and analyze the information, you're going to conclude there is only one sin. One sin that's responsible for all, for the disobedience, for turning against God. There is one sin. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I call it the master of all sins. Uh, it is the sin Oh, God, I give you praise. Help me. You know, sometimes I, I keep saying, I wish I was smart. You know, you have this. Some people are so smart. The phrases come out. Amen. But there is one particular sin that's beneath all the action of the devil. And that is the sin of pride. Yes. He would just not. You know what pride is? Pride distilled down to its lowest common denominator. This is what pride is. I know what you want me to do. But I'm not going to do it. Because I have a will. Period. That's what it is. I know what you want me to do. But I'm not going to do it. Because I have a will. <laughs> well. And that is what. And it's it, unfortunately. Many people are going to end up in hell with the devil. Because of pride. People just refuse to do the right thing because the right thing doesn't feel right. But the right thing is necessary. It is important because you are not your own. You are going, we are going to give an account for the way we live our lives. That is why doing the right thing is necessary. Brothers and sisters, the right thing is going to feel right at the right time. <laughs> I mean, when you in the presence of God, Lord, I give you praise. When you begin to praise Jesus, all of a sudden your emotions now catch up, and in the right thing begins to feel right. But until then, until this earth, woo. <laughs> how, how, how many of people? I've heard people said that. Um. If doing wrong feels so good, I don't want to be right. <laughs> you put that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay doing wrong because it feels it feel so good. <laughs> I had somebody tell me that, Dick. I, I, I mean, I was just shocked. And I said, you got to think long term. You've got to think long term. At the end, you're going to give an account. Eventually, all mankind who die without Christ will go to this final place of torment. And that is the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Amen. They will not be given a second chance. They will not be redeemed one day after being in the lake of fire. All will stand to face judgment before all. 
is going to stand to face judgment. All unbelievers, we believers, will be raptured. And when we get, when we are raptured, we're going to be at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. We're going to appear in heaven for our reward. And so Jesus is going to say to some of us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And then our works, amen, will be judged. And then Jesus will decide whether our works were gold, silver, or straw. And all that depends on motive. Why are you here tonight? Why am I standing here tonight? Because First Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 tells us, God looks on the heart. Human beings look on the outside. Now it's okay to take care of the outside. Because you have to do your part. God has to do his part. If you're showing up for an, if you're showing up for an interview, you better dress well. Don't walk in there talking, well, God doesn't look on the, on the outside so I can go looking like a ragamuffin. No, no, it is not, it is not God who's going to sign that document and say you received the job. It is a man or a woman. And so because a man or a woman looks on the outside, you dress good on the outside while you pray to God to give you favor. <laughs> Let me move on here. We have a responsibility on the earth, brothers and sisters. The Bible says God has given the earth to the children, to the children of men. He's reserved heaven for him. Let me say that again. God has given the earth to the children of men, to us. In other words, their rule, in other words, there are laws given on the earth. We have to cooperate. And as we cooperate with these laws, we will benefit from these laws. Amen. But the Bible says God has reserved the heavens, the first, second, third heaven for him. Well, anyhow, so we are told that in, we are told that there is somebody sitting on a throne. Mm -hmm. Verse eleven of our text tells us at the end there is somebody sitting on a throne who's going to judge. You got it. Verse eleven. What it reads. Verse eleven reads what. And John said, "I saw a great white throne, uh huh, a dazzling throne, and there is a him on the throne." You remember we said that. A him on the throne. Praise God. And we are told that in our previous session, we've identified who the him that sat on the throne was. In our previous session. Well, let's turn to John chapter 5, verse 22 to 24. And let's see who is the him that is sitting on the throne. Because there seems to be a discussion in Christendom as to who the him is. Is the him Father God or is the him Jesus Christ our Lord? Who is the him that is sitting on the throne that's going to judge the entire world? John chapter 5 verse 22, you got it? It reads, for the father judgeth no man, no man and no human being, but hath committed all judgment unto whom? His son. So who's seated on the throne? Jesus is the one seated on the throne. <laughs> And guess what? I'm glad about it. Because this is my Lord sitting on the throne. A lot of people talking, uh, want, uh, they've taken the liberty to say whatever they want about Jesus. And brothers and sisters, I guarantee you, they're going to be surprised when they come standing before him, caveat, if they don't repent. <laughs> if they don't repent, they're going to come standing before him. He is the one judging. Oh, people like the word God. They like to use the word God, but never the word Jesus. 
Yeah, they love to use God. Yeah, but but Jesus, Jesus is God. It's right here. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. And his Son is whom? Jesus. Verse 23 tells us, This is why God gave all judgment to Jesus. That all men should honor the Son. Can you say honor the Son? Amen. Even as they honor the Father. Praise the Lord. He hath honored not, sorry, he that honoreth, honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. If you don't honor Jesus the way you honor God, amen, it is to your detriment. Well, let me share this with you. You know, Jesus is God. God is a spirit, and because he's a spirit, he couldn't come as a spirit. So Hebrews, Hebrews tells us a body was prepared for God. And the body that was prepared for God is Jesus' body. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21 tells us, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Because God is a spirit, he needed a body, so he came in that body, but he was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. What a blessing. When John asked, John asked Jesus, show us the Father, and it suffices. Jesus said, how long have I been with you? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the exact replica of the Father. And some of us just cannot get that. Even Saul knew that. Saul fell down in the dirt, groveling in the dirt. Who are you, Lord? The voice came back. Jesus. The voice didn't say, I am God. No. <laughs> the voice said, I am who? Jesus. And for some reason, church people, we still haven't gotten that. For some reason. We still haven't seen Jesus the way we're supposed to see him. No wonder the name is not working for us the way it should. <laughs> Uh, let me move along here, brothers and sisters. Anybody love the Lord Jesus? Yes. Anybody? Yes. He is the man himself. And I'm glad about it. <laughs> oh, praise God. Hallelujah. So we are told here, let's continue reading. Verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. This is Jesus talking. Hath everlasting life. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Is that, uh, that's everybody here, I suppose. Amen. We've passed from death unto life. You know, death simply means separation. That's what death means. Amen. So when the spirit separates from the body, that's death. Separation from God is death. <laughs> that's why the Bible calls it the second death. Eternal banishment. Amen. Of the eternal banishment of unbelievers, the Bible calls it the second death. In the absence of God, brothers and sisters, you do not want to know what it is. What lives feel like in the absence of God. Let me share with you. When the Holy Spirit exits this earth, when the Holy Ghost, that him, because he's the one that's going to rapture us to meet Jesus. Uh -huh. The Holy Spirit, let me say that again. When he raptures us to meet Jesus and we begin to defy gravity. This is going to be a beautiful picture. Can you imagine every believer just raptured and we are hovering right there. <laughs> Before Jesus said, let's go. 
on me the sovereign. Can you all be looking down saying, wow. <laughs> I'm not sure if you think of those things. I sit down and I think of those things and I get carried away. Elder Justin, I begin to laugh and roll around and cry and thank God. What a blessing. This is beautiful, brothers and sisters. To see we just defy gravity because of the Holy Ghost that's in us. And then when that happens, the Bible says the man of sin is going to be revealed. The Antichrist. And then hell on earth for real is going to be experienced. You don't want to be there for that. You don't, you don't want to be here for that. Amen? Amen? So many people have said, I have with many, many people said, uh, uh, I don't believe in a Jesus who would judge people. How many of you heard that? Look, for those of us who hold that opinion, the Jesus you're referring to is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Bible, we are told, is going to judge the unbelievers. We just read it. So if you don't believe in a Jesus that's going to judge, that is not the Jesus of the Bible. That is your kind of Jesus. And I say more power to you. In Acts chapter 17 verse 31, the apostle Paul is preaching on Mars Hill to the so-called educated elite of his day. And he affirmed this. Can you go to verse 30? Acts chapter 17, let's read the second part of verse 30. I'm still, I'm still supporting my point that the one who's sitting on the throne is Jesus Christ. Amen? Can you say Jesus and not God the Father? I'm going to show you what Jesus is going to do after he conquered all. Uh-huh. You got it? Acts chapter 30. Acts, sorry. Acts chapter 17. Verse 30. The last part of verse 30, I want to read. It says, but now God commendeth all men. Uh-huh. Everywhere to do what? And here's why. Verse 31 is telling us why he command all men. Every, notice there is a colon. You have to learn to amen, read scripture properly. There is no full stop here. Why? Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. By whom? By that man whom he hath what? Ordained. Semicolon. Whereof he hath given assurance unto all men. In that, in that he hath raised him from the dead. This is the apostle Paul speaking. Let me, let me correct that. Let me correct that. This is the Holy Ghost speaking through the apostle Paul. We have to correct that. I mean, too many commentators saying, well, Paul said and, and Peter said and Jude said, no, the Holy Ghost in this vessel said. We need to put this thing in proper perspective. Less human beings think they are somebody. Well. <laughs> so, 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 we know that the man mentioned here in Acts chapter 17 verse 31 is Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Ghost through Paul said, that man God have raised from the dead. The only man God rose from the dead was whom? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Notice what he says. Notice the last part of the verse. It says, whereof, the last part of verse 31, it reads, whereof he hath given assurance. He here is referring to God. In that way, by raising that man from the dead, God gave assurance unto all human beings in that he hath raised him from the dead. 
Uh, this is God's assurance to all men. Meaning, he has provided proof of this time. And when I say proof of this time, I'm talking about of the judgment to come. Uh-huh. To everyone by raising Jesus from the dead. Jesus is going to judge the world. And you can be sure of that because God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says after Jesus judges the world. He's going to turn over the controls to God. Yeah, After he's done taking care of the devil. Putting the devil away. In the, in the lake of fire. And all his rebels with him. All the demons and all those who choose now. Uh-huh. To join the devil. Can you see what's happening now in, in Hollywood and, and over in the world? Everybody seems to think there's somebody. Have you seen that Facebook is just, face, there is a, moral, a morality problem on Facebook? When Facebook started, everything was so nice and pure. Now, now you turn there and you have to hold one eyes and say. <laughs> you got to hold your breath now because you're not. I, I, you get what I'm saying? Everything is decaying, just, just falling apart. That's the devil's plan. And people just buy into it. <laughs> oh God. Let me show you what the Bible said Jesus is going to do. After he put the devil away and all his goons. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You got it? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's go to verse 24. First Corinthians 15, 24, you got it? It says here, then cometh the end. Then what? It's talking about the end of the world. The time when Jesus is going to judge. When he sh shall have delivered up the kingdom to whom? God, even the father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. When Jesus put down all rule, all authority, and all power, the Bible says he's going to turn over the kingdom unto God. Wow. Isn't that a blessing? Verse, verse 25, verse 25. For he must reign till he hath put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Amen. The last enemy death but after jesus destroyed he's going to just turn over the range to god his father and we're going to reign with jesus god the father in eternity forever and ever and ever and ever the sad part of it is there'll be folks in hell forever and ever and ever since let me tell you it's time to start seeking and in i mean when i say i mean interceding on behalf of our families our unbe unbelieve, unbelieving families. Today I kept praying for, I know, my, I know some of my uncles who, uh, I know they are not saved. And while we are not close, I began praying. Because I would, you'd like to see everybody in heaven, amen? You know, it's going to be a great, a great reunion of the people of God. But it would be nice if you see a great, a great reunion of your family. You see all your uncles, all your aunts, all your children, dad and mom together. Oh, what a blessing. Can you imagine? I, I, I know, I know of a people, God, I give you praise, the testimonies of people who've had uh, miscarriages. And there is a book written about that. Uh, um, what's the name of that book? I forget the guy, the little boy who was uh, three, he's no longer three. He died and went to heaven. Um, he wrote a book. 
And anyhow, he said he didn't know that his mother had two miscarriages. And uh, uh, two miscarriages. And when he died, went to heaven. He met his brothers. And then he came back telling his mom, who is such and such? And the mother broke down crying. She never told him about his two brothers who died before him. Mom, my mother had two miscarriages. One name was Ezekiel, the other name was something. I'm looking forward, not now though, praise the Lord. The devil is a liar. <laughs> but I have brothers up there. I'm still, I'm, still, I'm still believing Psalms 119 verse 18. I shall not die, but I shall live to declare the works of the Lord. Psalm 91 verse 16, with long life will it satisfy me and show me salvation. <laughs> but I'm just saying, what a reunion is going to be. <laughs> you, you have me laughing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just wanted to spend some time. Because it would seem that even in Christendom, there is still a disagreement as to who is on the throne. The hymn, verse 11, is talking about, and it's very clear in the Bible. Very, it is Jesus Christ. If you take your time and you go through the scripture, you will be, you, you, you be persuaded that it's Jesus Christ. Now, this is what I want to share with you, brothers and sisters. Because it's Jesus who's going to be seated on that throne, judging the unbelievers. What a shock it's going to be for people like Pilate. You remember, you remember Pilate who washed his hands. You remember Pilate who told Jesus, do you know I have power over you? And Jesus said, hey, 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 Pilate, they have no power given to you. <laughs> that cometh not from above. Jesus said, the power you have, I gave it to you, Pilate. And I, I got to go through this because I have humanity on my, on my mind. I have to be humiliated because I have humanity on my mind. But don't you get it wrong? <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. Since you remember Pilate, you remember Pilate. Can you go to, let's, let's, can you go to John chapter 18? Amen. Let's just read a little something right here. Because, you, you know, these people thought there was somebody. They thought there was something. Uh-huh. They thought they had it going on. And I'm saying that because there are people in this world who think they have it going on. Saying things about Jesus carelessly. Saying things about the Lord carelessly. And I guarantee you when they see Jesus. You got it? John chapter 18 verse 34. This is Pilate and Jesus. They are talking. Jesus answered him saying. Uh, the Pilate asked Jesus a question. You remembered? And John chapter 18 verse 34. Jesus responded. Uh, Jesus said, he said, he said, Pilate asked Jesus, are you a king? And Jesus asked him, are you saying that of yourself? Or did others tell you that about me? Verse 35. Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and your chief priests have delivered you unto me. What have you done? What? No, Pilate, no, he has done anything. And But then what he did thereafter, he went and washed his hands and said, see to it. Go ahead with the crucifixion. He could have changed the outcome, but he chose not to. Amen? Not only that, brothers and sisters, we are told here, there were people 
Amen. There were people in Matthew chapter 27, verse 24 to 25. If these people do not repent, I hope they remembered what they said. Because they're going to stand before Jesus. Can you go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 27, verse 24 to 25? There is a crowd. I'm saying that everybody in that crowd who said what we're going to read. I hope they remembered it if they do not repent. Are you with me? Matthew 27, you got it? Verse 24? You got it? It reads, when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this person. See you to it. Verse 25. Then answered all the people and said, his blood be on us and our children. If these people do not repent, they'll stand before Jesus Christ. And I hope they remember what they said. His blood. You know Jesus is a nice man. Jesus. I, I'm not sure if Jesus is going to say. Did you say my blood? I am not sure if he's going to do that. But I would do that. I think he's just going to show them everything they said. If they don't repent. Brothers and sisters. That's why the Bible said. Today if you hear his voice. Harden not your heart. Amen. Uh, glory be to Jesus hallelujah what a shock will it be for the office of the high priest who slapped Jesus let me show you this right here how they disrespected our Lord John chapter 18 verses 22 to 23 John 18 you got it John chapter 18 verse 22 to 23 it reads and when he had thus spoken one of the officers, after Jesus spoke, Jesus is in the midst of the high, of all, he's in the midst of the high priest and the Sanhedrin uh, and, and, and all the other, uh, the scribes and Pharisees. And he answered, they're speaking to him and he answered. And when he answered, this is what one of the, one of the officers did to him. One of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand saying, answered thou not the high priest so. Just, just, how, how, why would you slap a grown man? Why would you be so disrespectful? He's bound already. There's not, he's no harm. Why would you slap him? If that officer did not repent, he'll be standing before the same Jesus he slapped. I'm just, I'm just, I'm saying that because there are many people out there saying things about Jesus. Be careful what you say. Because you may just stand before him and eat everything you said. Uh, <laughs> glory be to Jesus. Let's go to another. There another group of people. The soldiers who mocked him. Mark chapter 15 verse 16 to 20. Uh-huh. If they do not repent. I believe they'll remember what they did to him. Mark chapter 15 verse 16 to 20. Then it says here, I'm not sure I have the, amplifier, the, uh, the King James Version here, but, but you'll get it. It says here, then the soldiers led him away, that's Jesus, to the courtyard inside the palace. That is the praetorium. And they called the entire detachment of soldiers together. All of them came together. Notice what they're going to do. Verse 17. And they dressed him in purple, in a purple robe. And weaving together a crown of thorns, they placed it on his head. Now, brothers and sisters... If you look at that word placed, they didn't just put it on his head. They, 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 were, they forced it down in his, in his scalp 
So the thorns went in his scalp and blood began to run down his eyes. That's what the word place means. Uh-huh. It continues. And they began to salute him. Hail, king of kings. And they struck him with a staff. I think the King James said a reed. A reed is a two by four, a bamboo. Like. It is hollow from inside. But wh why would you do that to somebody? You're going to crucify him already. Why? Violate the person like that. Wicked. Human, the human heart is wi desperately wicked above all. Who can know it? Just a wickedness that's influenced by the devil. The devil, the devil is a bad individual, folks. Why would you influence somebody to do that? Knocked him. He, had, he has a crown of thorns on his head. His head is bleeding. Why hit him with a bamboo on his head? Why brutalize somebody like that? Continues. It continues here. What verse are we on? Yeah, and uh, verse, verse 19. And kept bowing their knees in homage to him, ridiculing him. Verse 20. And they had, and when they had finished making sport of him, they took him. Uh, amen. They took the purple robe off him and put his own clothes and they led him out to be, to be crucified. I have one said, I have one of the group of people I want to bring to your attention. The Pharisees who spat in his face and plucked off his beard. Can you go to Matthew chapter 26? Since I'm sorry to be bringing all these exhibits before you, but I'm sharing with you, the one who's sitting on the throne, there were a group of people who did evil to him. And if they, are not, if they did not repent, I think they have it coming for them. Huh? Let, let's continue. Matthew chapter 26, you got it? Verse 67. It says, then they what? And did what? And did what? Yes. And I have there struck him with their fist. And some slapped him in the face. Why would you do somebody that? He's already bound. He's already bleeding. Why would you do that? Verse 68 saying, prophesy to us. You Christ, the Messiah. Who was it that struck you? <laughs> the day is coming. The Bible says the day is coming when the books are going to be opened. And another book. And the book of life is going to be opened. And whosoever name is not found in the book of life will end up straight in hell. I'm saying if you, if these, if these people who do, do not repent, uh-huh, if they do not repent, and there is still room for them. This is not the unpardonable sin. Let me say that again. This is not the unpardonable sin. Slapping Jesus, disrespecting him, spitting in his face, hitting him with a reed in the head, uh-huh, kicking him, plucking his beard. How do you pluck a man's beard? Why would you do that? Can you imagine the amount of pain you can inflict on somebody? And yet, Dickness, this is not the unpardonable sin. 
The unpardonable sin is when you take what the Holy Ghost has done and you know it's the Holy Ghost who did it and you attribute it to the devil. Now that is the unpardonable sin. When you see a miracle, you see the power of God and you say that has to be demonic influence. Then you crave cross the line. The, the unpardonable sin is not adultery. The unpardonable sin is not fornication. You know, two sins, every, most people after is adultery and fornication. They forget lying. Yeah, they forget, they forget jealousy and envy. Yeah, covetousness. They forget those things. Yeah. What else? Yeah, covetousness. I think so. If you're from Britain, you'll say covetousness. But, but yes, yes, brothers and sisters. Thank God for Jesus. There is still room in the inn. Amen. His forgiveness is still open to all. Don't let that day pass you by. Don't let that day pass. If you're listening tonight, brothers, if you're listening tonight, sir, madam, don't let that day pass you by. Amen. Every day that goes by without you accepting Christ. Amen. It's a risk. Hallelujah. But you know, brothers and sisters, if you give me five more minutes, do you know what, 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 what's, what, what's beautiful about the second part of this verse? Let, let, let's read the second part of this verse. It's the second part of this verse that gets me. The second part of verse 11. I, I, you know, I, I'm still not able to wrap my head around this. And not that I'm supposed to, by the way, but I'm still wowed by the imagery projected by the last phrase of this verse. The last phrase of verse 11. Notice what it says. It says, from whose face the what? The earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Now, many people doubt or refuse to fully embrace what this particular phrase is communicating because it is so awesome. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read it for you in two other Bible translations I like. You don't have it, but just listen, please. One I paid for, the other is free. <laughs> listen to the one that's free, the voice translation. This is how the voice translation uh, renders this verse. The sin changed. I saw a great white throne and one was seated upon it. The earth and heaven receded from his face. There was no place for them. Listen to the passion, the passion translation. That's the pit for translation. Amen. That one is not free. It reads, then I saw a great dazzling white throne and the one who sits on it. Heaven and earth fled from his face and they were no more. Simply put, this throne this is what this verse is saying. The throne of Jesus, it is suspended in, out, in outer space. This is what the, the earth and heaven are passed away. They've already been destroyed by this time after the last rebellion. And now the new earth and new heaven is about to appear. But it's not coming until God judges the unbelievers. So all the judging now is done in outer space. <laughs> wow. Every unbeliever who comes to, to be judged has to be transported somewhere, somehow by the power of God in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think of how awesome that is. Wow. 
Oh, no moon, just out of space. You're not seeing anything but a throne. I've heard people say, well, I'll make my defense. Make your defense. Suspended in outer space by the power of God. Make your defense. <laughs> in dazzling light, the Bible says his voice is like many rivers. Have you stand next to the Niagara Falls and speak? You don't hear yourself. Y yes. Speaking against God is like talking against the Niagara Falls. You hear nothing. It doesn't matter how much you shout. And yet still people want to take that chance. And I like that verse because God is telling us indirectly how powerful he is. And how you and I should be ready for what's coming. Since this is outer space. Have you sat and think about that? Have you envisaged that? Can you? I mean our mind can't even take that. For Jesus to be suspended in the air. And the world is coming to him to be judged in outer space. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I want you to go home and think about that. Saints, let me encourage you. Continue serving the Lord. Continue, make, continue to make seeking God a priority. <laughs> Don't you give up. All the distraction, all the challenges, all the heartaches, all the heartbreaks is going to worth it. You're going to say, I thank you. My vehicle broke down six, seven, eight times on the way to the house of God. Glory be to God. At least I made it. <laughs> I told you. That <laughs> I told you back in 90, <laughs> 95, 96. <laughs> I had a vehicle. It looked like a, a leper on wheels. You remember I told you so? <laughs> a leper on wheels. The paint was just spilling out. <laughs> and when it's... <laughs> just... What, what is that? <laughs> they call it low. L-O-W. Leper on wheels. <laughs> Here is low. <laughs> but I made it to the house of the Lord. I never missed a prayer meeting. I never missed a Bible study. <laughs> I remember those days. But God has been so good to me. Amen. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> Keep serving the Lord. Amen. Keep pressing your way through. One day, he's going to pay off. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. <laughs> we give you all the praise tonight. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. <laughs> it's all right to have fun in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> if you're watching tonight and you're not saved, tonight is a good night. Lord, I give you praise. I feel the presence of God. A good night to be saved. There is a day coming and you want to be on the right side. You want to be on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Today, if you did tonight, 
Don't harden your heart. If you're not saved, pray this prayer with me so you can move from darkness to the kingdom of God. Don't you think about it? You've been delaying long enough. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I recognize I'm a sinner. I can't help myself. Thank you for sending Jesus to take away my sins. Say, Jesus, I repent from my sins. Yeah, yeah, say, say, Jesus, I repent from my sins and I make you my Lord now and forever. Thank you for accepting me in your kingdom. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Yes, yes. If you pray this prayer, hallelujah, you moved from darkness to light. Praise the Lord. We rejoice with you. Oh, I feel God. Hallelujah. We rejoice with you. Send us some information at iogmtally at gmail.com. Thank you. iogmtally at gmail.com. We'll send you some information and I'll pray for you. And those of you contacted us, thank you so much. We are praying for you. Amen. God bless you. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.